And that's why we started this series, because I wanted us to go into the new year with a different attitude, to go into this new year and say, we're going to go into this differently, and instead of just thinking that rest is about sleep or that rest is about eating healthy, we're going to find out that rest is about something much more, and it is about finding refreshment in God, finding it God's way. I believe we live in a culture where everyone is exhausted, where everyone is tired, where everyone is suffering of burnout, or so many people, because we're not finding our rest God's way. So in the first two weeks, if you missed any of this, you can go to our website, you can go to Spotify, you can go to iTunes, wherever you want. Prodeo Church is on there, and you can go and listen to the first two ones. Um, I think Shal actually has to load them because they're still on my computer, but it should be up this week by Wednesday. <clears throat> but this is what we said, a quick recap. The first week, we learned about the principle of the Sabbath. God, when he created the world, he rested. And then God said, rest is so important that he made it a law for the Israelites to follow that six days they could work and then one day they had to rest. And if they broke this law, the penalty was death. And you're like, isn't that a bit crazy? You don't, you don't rest so they kill you? You see, God knew something we don't, we don't know. And that is that in a society where people work seven days a week, it will fall apart just as quickly as in a society where people can rape and murder and do whatever they want. So here's the principle of rest. The principle of the Sabbath rest is to set aside and to protect one day out of seven and to vote, devote it to rest and to fellowship with God. That's what the principle is about. So to God, it's super important. And if we don't understand it's important to God, it won't be to us. But then the second week we said, okay, let's bring it home a little more because it's like, okay, now I'm a little tired, but why should I rest? What's the benefit of it? And that is what we spoke about last week. And there's two specific benefits, not to sleeping, to finding rest God's way. And that is that firstly, we allow God to provide for us supernaturally. When you rest for a day, you say, God, I trust you to take care of me. I trust you to take care of my family. I trust you to take care of my job, that everything won't fall apart. And then we open our lives up to God so that he can provide for us supernaturally. But the second thing we learn is that we allow God to bring out the best of who he made us to be. When we rest in God, suddenly we feel creative again. Suddenly we feel refreshed. Suddenly we can lead better. And we, we read that last week about the anointing with oil that David, David talks about. It's like a fresh outpouring of God's spirit when we find rest in him. So today we're going to continue. But I first wanted to use a bit of illustration to help you to kind of understand <clears throat> what do we want to do today? Because I said, we're going to go practical today. Okay, we're going to say, how do I rest? So if I saw Charles post on social media earlier, I would have just said, bring a pillow along and just sleep for an hour and we're good to go. And it would have saved me a lot of time. But this is a topic that's very close to my heart because I'm a typical A-type personality. I'm a driven leader, so I really struggle to rest. For a couple of years, Yolandi has forced me to take my day off. That's why you need a good wife. But although you take your day off, you don't necessarily rest. So I have been on the search to figure out 
Why am I tired even though I'm taking a day off? What is wrong with the way I rest? So I don't have a perfect answer, but we're going to talk about a couple of things today that I think is relevant and that a lot of people have written about and that comes from God's Word. But this is kind of how I see rest and what God wants for us. If you've ever been on the highway and you've seen those big trucks with those round tankers at the back. They transport diesel, they transport petrol and all kinds of things. And then they will stop at a filling station and they have these long pipes that goes into that underground tank and they would then give some of the diesel or the petrol that's inside their tank, they would then put it in the other tank. But here's the thing, that truck can't go from one filling station to another, to another, to another, because after one or two filling stations, the truck would be empty because it's poured everything it had in its tank out into another tank. That truck has to go back to where they keep all the diesel and all the petrol and all the fuel to refill. Then it hits the road again to go and serve all the filling stations that it needs to serve, right? So there's this process of I have to fill up on something before I'm able to give it away. And here's the problem that I believe that we're facing today is that we give away much more than filling up. We give away more than we actually have in our tanks, in our reserves, and that's why we're exhausted, that's why we burn out, that's why we're tired, because we're living, and then we go back, <clears throat> and we're like, okay, fill up a bit, I'm going to take a day of rest, I'm going to take a December holiday, but I get to like 50%, or I get to like 75 and then I think I'm ready for the year, but guess what, if you're on 50%, you're 50% quicker, you will be empty. 50% faster, you'll, you'll be running on empty. And next year, we go back and we're 40% full. And we're tired even quicker because we don't fill up to 100%. And I believe that God does not want us to live from a tank that is 50% full. I do not believe that God wants us to live of a tank that's 80% full. I do not even believe that God wants us to live of a tank that's 100% full because in God's word, and we're gonna read that today, we read that God wants us to live from an overflowing tank, an overflowing cup, where you stay on 100% and you don't have to empty because whatever God has placed inside of you just flows out of you. It overflows, you don't have to empty yourself it overflows. So today, our topic is how to rest, refilling our tank. And that's what we'll be talking about. How can we refill our tanks? How do I rest? Okay, and um, let's, let's look at that quickly before we read our text today. What is the tanks I'm talking about? And this is quite simple from the Bible. When Jesus, when, when the Pharisees went to Jesus and they said, what's the most important law? Jesus gave us a summary of the law where he said, this is what the law is about. It's about loving God. But God doesn't want a part of us. God doesn't just want a little bit of who you are. God wants your everything. So Jesus went so far to define the whole human being. And Jesus said, you should love God. In Mark 12, verse 30, you can go and read it yourself. You should love God with your heart, with your soul, with your mind, and with your strength. So let's go through those four. What is it? Heart, that is where our faith is. That's why you would tell a child, give your heart to Jesus. That is our spirit. That is the thing that defines us from animals. 
They don't have the Spirit of God inside of them. Human beings, when God shaped human beings, we read in the Bible that, his, that He blew His breath, His ruach, the same word that's used for His Spirit, into the nostrils of Adam. So God's Spirit is inside of us. We are different to every other living creature on planet earth because we've got God's spirit in us. So the first tank we need to fill is our spiritual tank. The second thing that Jesus talks about is our soul. Your soul is your emotions. That's where your will lies. That's your emotional tank. So the second tank we have to fill is our emotional tank. The third one that Jesus said is your mind. By the way, if you go and read the summary that Jesus is quoting in Deuteronomy, they don't add mind. Because to people back then, it didn't matter, matter so much to your Jewish community. But in the Hellenistic time, where people were all about reason and thinking and Plato and Socrates and all those guys, Jesus said, whoa, 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 we're more than just, than just body, soul, and, and strength. We, we have, uh, and spirit, we have a mind as well. So Jesus had the mind, and it means we've got a mental tank that we need to fill up. And the last one, Jesus said, is your strength. That's your physical body. So all four of those can run on empty, and we're going to look at what the result is when one of those tanks are empty today. And all four of those tanks need to be refilled in order for you to serve, to minister, to do your job, to, to lead your family, whatever it might be. But what we're going to read today is we're going to read one of the most famous psalms in the Bible. And this is where David talks about finding rest in God. And it is so beautiful. You're going to love it. And um, you probably know this by heart. If you grew up in church, if you don't, don't worry. It's going to be on the screen. We're going to be reading from Psalm 23. By the way, if you've got a paper Bible with you, if you open it right in the middle, guess where you will open? Psalms. Not Psalm 23 necessarily, but you'll be... At Psalm. So we'll read today from Psalm 23, and I'm reading from the New International Version. David writes this. He says, The Lord is my shepherd, and I lack nothing. I'm not running on empty. I'm not tired and exhausted. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right path for his namesake. And even though I walk through the darkest valleys, even when it's tough, even when I struggle, even when I'm pouring a lot out, he says, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. Do you remember we spoke about that last week? where he wrote about the Sabbath, and he said it's like a new anointing of oil, so new God's Spirit on us. And then he says the words that I just told you, my cup overflows. God wants us to live from a cup that's overflowing. And then he says, surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Because when I read this psalm that we know so well, I read a, a, <clears throat> a poem, I read a song that, that gives us a complete picture of rest. It is so beautiful to me, and we're going to look at some of those elements today. But we read about rest for his spirit, we read about rest for his body, for his soul, for his mind. And it's just this place where he says, I, I am 100% refreshed not because I had a good, night, a good night's sleep, not because I had the right diet, not because I watched the funny movie, but because I am in the 
presence of God. So how can we get to there? How do we refill our tanks? And before I say how we can refill the four tanks, I wanted to give five disclaimers. And if you don't understand these five, the rest of the four won't matter. So these five are not on the screen. If you wanted to make a note, you're welcome to make a note. So the first principle you need to understand is you have to make time. If you say I'm tired, if you say I'm exhausted, you have to make time to rest in God, to find Sabbath rest now. We all have priorities. And what is interesting is we spend our time, just as our money, on the things we value most. I'm going to say that again. We spend our time, just as with our money, on the things we value most. You want to see what you value most? Where is everything going? Your time and your money. So here's the reality. You can say you want to rest God's way till you are blue in the face. If you don't decide to spend your time in rest, it's not going to happen. So you have to put it on paper. This week, Shaul and I had our staff meeting. We were talking about goals for 2020. And I said, Shaul, what's your goals? And he's like, well, I can't really say I have specific goals because it's not on paper yet. And this is a funny thing when it's in your mind. It's kind of like the come and go. But when you write it down, it's something you can keep yourself accountable to. So put rest on your calendar. Write in nothing. Write in rest. Write in Sabbath. Whatever you want. But on the day, one day out of seven, you choose to do your day of rest. Put that in your calendar. The second principle you have to understand is the general principle of what rest is about. And I want to quote Robert Morris. He says people, he wrote a book called um, Take the Day Off. And he's a pastor in the U.S. at a church called Gateway. And he, say, he said one of the most common questions when he talks about Sabbath rest is people will ask him, what do I do? And that's literally what we're going to be talking about today. But before we talk about the details, here's a general principle of what we should do on a rest day. He says, what should I do? Enjoy! Exclamation mark. He says, enjoy your life. Enjoy your heavenly Father. Enjoy your family, unplug from work, disconnect from the online world of email and social media, and beyond that, do whatever refreshes you. Just be mindful of God and His goodness as you're doing it. So the general principle is it's not about laws. We're not Jewish. We don't think that the Sabbath was created, that we were created for the Sabbath. Jesus said it's for us. It's for us, our enjoyment. It's for our rest. So enjoy the day. That's a general idea. But the third thing we need to know is he ended with this, and that is that that day needs to happen with God. This is not just a vacation. This is not just about doing nothing, about sleeping or lying on the couch. This is about spending time in God's presence because David said, I lack nothing. Why? Because I'm in the presence of my shepherd. So whatever nourishes your soul, whatever refreshes and invigorates your body, do it, but do it with God. So make God a part of everything you do all day long. That's the principle of it's a Sabbath rest. We're not talking about sleep. And that's the third one. The fourth one is, I wanted to name a couple of things what Sabbath rest is not. And I think this is what the 21st century person has forgotten. The Sabbath rest, the object is to rest. It's not excitement. It's not entertainment. And it's not productivity. If you want to be productive, that's work. You do that six days a week. Okay? We're talking about breaking with that 
that thing on the seventh day. But the thing is why I wanted to name excitement and entertainment is that the, the 21st century person has a problem with boredom. We cannot stand boredom. So the moment we do nothing, the moment we're bored, what do we do? We seek entertainment. The TV goes on or we go, we drive somewhere, especially in Cape Town. We've got so many things to do. So you're always going from one thing to another. In the old days when people went on vacation, they rested. Today when we go on vacation, we travel with our camping trailer through Africa, or we travel through Europe, or we go to, to some kind of vacation spot, but every day is planned, and every day we do something exciting, something entertaining. We come back, and we're like, why am I so tired? I went on vacation. Because you didn't rest. You were running from one thing to another the whole time. So it's not excitement, not entertainment, not productivity, we have to stop. We have to be okay with boredom because, by the way, research shows, especially with children, creativity can only happen if you're bored. You're not creative when you're not bored. So you're like, I used to be so creative. I used to be creative. Guys, I wrote songs like crazy. I used to draw. I used to paint. And I'm like, I'm not creative anymore. Do you know why? Because I'm never bored. So my mind is not creative. And we were Created in the image of a creative God. So the last thing, the first general principle is remember that people are different. So I'm going to name a couple of things that I think <clears throat> that I've learned that I think works for me that I'm still trying to implement in my life. But people are different. For example, the extrovert, if they want to, if they want to fill their emotional tank, they are with their family, they're with friends, they surround themselves with people because it fills them up. They are energized, they're refreshed. An introvert put them in that same position, and they go to bed tonight, and they cannot get up tomorrow for work. They're so drained. So I'm going to give you a couple of ideas, but remember, people are different. So there's your your five general principles. One, make time now. Put it on your calendar. Two, remember the general principle is about enjoyment. Remember three, you have to do it with God. Otherwise, it's not Sabbath rest. Four, it is not entertainment, excitement, and productivity. And five, we're all different, so we rest in different ways. So let's talk about our spiritual tank. How, <clears throat> how do we fill that up? This is the most universal and the first tank. And I think this one is first because if this one is full, most of your other ones will be okay as well. And this is just an interesting way. This is the way life works. And when we started reading Psalm 23, what is the first mental picture that pops into your mind? The Lord is my shepherd. So the first mental picture that pops into my mind is a sheep that cannot find shelter on its own, a sheep that doesn't know where to find food or water, a sheep that's kind of helpless, just go and look into their eyes. They've got like these little long pupils. It's so funny. They look like there's not a lot going on in there. But that's a sheep. He needs a shepherd to guide him. He needs a shepherd to take care of him, to bring him to green pasture, to bring him to water. So the first principle, the first idea that you see here is that he has to refill his spiritual tank by being in God's presence. Embracing the rest of Sabbath requires us to, one, recognize that we need God, and two, to be willing to need God. So it's not just okay to say, God, I need you because I'm empty, I'm tired, I'm exhausted. You also have to say, God, I want you to fill me up. I want you to be in control. Remember, rest takes faith. But let's talk about a, what a low spiritual tank looks like. If your spiritual tank is running low, what is the symptoms? We normally get to a point where we say, like, I don't hear God anymore. I don't feel like he's talking to me. 
I read my Bible, but I don't get anything from it. It's boring. It's irrelevant. I pray, but it feels like my prayers are hitting the ceiling. It's not going anywhere. I go to church, and I feel like I've heard everything. That is when our spiritual tank is running on empty. We are disconnected from God. We're disconnected from His community. And we feel spiritually like God is distant, like He's far from us. So how does this tank empty? And I think this is so important. Because I know how my physical tank empties, right? I know how my emotional tank empties. But how does my spiritual tank empty? And I think this is the thing we forget. Paul writes in Ephesians 6. He says that your battle in this life is not against your boss. It's not against your spouse. It's not against the taxi on the road. Your battle is not against the person who's mean to you or against the robber. He says our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against the spirits and powers and principalities in the air. So Paul says in, in Ephesians 6, we are constantly in a spiritual battle. And guess what? The moment you make a decision to follow harder after Jesus, the moment you make a decision to recommit your life to Jesus, that spiritual battle will get more intense and you're going to get empty faster. So you have to fill up. So therefore, Paul writes in Ephesians 6 from verse 10 to 12, he says, we have to be strong in God. We have to be in his presence like a sheep in the presence of his shepherd, like David was in the presence of God. We have to find our strength in God. And then he says, so put on the whole armor of God. And that's not something we do in the morning, like, you know, you pray and you put on the shield and you put on the helmet. Some people do that, as, um, especially if you grew up in older charismatic churches. The, and we can preach about, do a whole series about that one day. But the whole armor of God is who God is and what He brings for us. He gives us faith and He gives us strength and, and, and He protects us from the enemy. So it is about living in God's presence, living in His Word, knowing it. So the end of the day, the Sabbath is about a, its opportunity to recalibrate our relationship with God and rediscover who we are in Him. It's about, about coming into His presence again, rediscovering who I am, God's purpose for my life, who He is. Guys, Jesus did this constantly. When Jesus was on earth, and remember, Jesus was God and man equally, the Bible says, when He was on earth. But Jesus is still God. He's still part of the triune God. But while he's on earth, Jesus finds it necessary often, and you can go and read in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the four Gospels, the books that tells us about the life of Jesus. Jesus often went to a secluded place to pray and to be in the presence of his Father. Now let me ask you this. If Jesus had to constantly fill up his spiritual tank, if Jesus had to be in the presence of his Father of God, who are we to think like we don't need that? wondering why God feels distant? Because you're not filling up your spiritual tank. That's why our faith grows mellow. We have to. Here, here's a couple of things we can, we can do. And by the way, when we talk about connecting with God, I'm not talking about a law again. Okay? I'm not talking about you have to be in church on a Sunday because if you don't, you're going to burn in hell. You're not. Because our faith in Jesus saves us. That is why we know we, can get, we go to heaven, because we believe in Jesus. I'm not saying that you have to read your Bible and pray every day. It's not about a law. God doesn't like you more when you read your Bible and pray. God doesn't grow somehow when you read your Bible and pray. It is not for His benefit. It's for our benefit. So what can we do to fill our spiritual tank? One is make worship, make church part of your life. 
If you say Sunday is my Sabbath, we want to start Saturday evening and we want to go through. We want to be with our family of God. We want to worship God. We want to fill ourselves up with His Word. So that's a good principle. The second one is spend time with God in Bible study and prayer. So read your Bible. Ask God to show you passages that's relevant to your life. Ask His Holy Spirit to, to show you whatever you read, how it applies to your life. Pray. Declare God's promises out loud. If you read something that, that moves your soul, declare it out loud. Walk up and down in your room, whatever, declare it. Why? Because when we hear it, we start to believe it, right? Uh, ask God, um, meditate and memorize His scripture. If you read something, memorize it. Think about it, process it, make it part of your heart so that when the attack comes again, you've got, you've got your quivers. You're ready because you've got scriptures memorized. Our kids... Every, they do series in five weeks. And every five weeks, they've got a memory verse to learn. Why? Because I want our kids, when they go to school, when our kids finish school and they're in university, and the devil is shooting arrows at them, the enemy is attacking them, I want them to be able to fall back on what they learn. When they believe they're not saved because they made a mess of something, I want them to remember John 3:60 that God gave His Son because He loved us, and therefore, because He died on a cross for us, we are saved. I want them to remember that, to memorize Pray, pour out your heart, share your hope, share your dreams, share your fears. And then stop and listen. We have such a big issue with silence, don't we? It's time for us to rediscover silence. To just sometimes stop and listen to God. By the way, if you need more help with how to do Bible study and prayer, and I step into faith class, Every third Tuesday of the month, we talk about that. We're starting again in, in February. We give you practical tools. You can fast on the days. You can sing, bring worship music into your house. But make sure that you fill up your spiritual tank. Make sure that you fill up with God. Because if we're a sheep without a shepherd, we'll be lost. We won't know where to graze. We won't know where to find water. And we will not sleep safe. Because the wolves and the lions and the bears will get us. We need to be in the presence of God. Our next tank is our physical tank. Guys, when I, I read the Psalm, Psalm 23, in verse 5, he talks about lying down in these green pastures and next to the water. And I can almost in my mind see him lying down on this beautiful green grass, looking up at a blue sky with these white like puffy clouds. I can, I can picture that. I can picture the rest he finds in that. In, in verse, sorry, that's in verse 2. In verse 5, he talked about how God prepares a table before them. I see like this beautiful meal and nourishment for his body. So let's talk about our physical tank. What happens when we don't have that, when our physical body gets tired? Dr. Sandra Dalton, um, in a book, Sacred Rest, she said, this is the warning indicators when you are physically running in a deficit. So when your physical tank is empty, and maybe you can associate with some of these, you lack energy to complete your to-do list. You feel tired, but you struggle to fall asleep. You have a weak immune system and you're frequently ill. You've got frequent muscle pains and soreness. She's, by the way, a medical doctor, so she's not just writing this as some kind of thought doctor. You're dependent on substances to give you energy. 
Like, no, I don't do substances. You need coffee before you can get going, or sugar, or energy drink, or an energy bar. And you're also dependent on substances to give you more rest. You have to drink a glass of wine, or a pill, or you have to eat comfort food in order for you to have a good night good night's rest. She's like, this is what happens when your physical tank is running on empty. So how do we fill that? Often when people talk about our physical body, what do they say? Exercise and diet. Okay, now is exercise and diet necessary? Yes. Myself, I've, I've been pushing hard on that for more than a year. I've been exercising um, I've been eating healthy, and, and I'm really trying to do this. What is ironic, they say that although we are the generation with the most knowledge about exercise and diet, guess what? We are the most unfit and unhealthy generations. So we have this knowledge, but we don't do anything about it. So you can go and Google and, and research that for yourself. But here's the more important one. The one that we struggle, that not a lot is written about, that we forget in the last couple of months, year or two, I've seen more and more written about this, and that is sleep. Actual rest, sleep rest. Just a couple of years ago, 50 to 100 years ago, people would sleep for nine plus hours a night. I remember when I was a student, I worked full-time, I was a student, and I had a band. I did like four or five hours a night. And then I would research, is this okay? And I remember research back then said six hours, if you're fit, is fine. Now research is saying, no, 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 a minimum of seven hours, but preferably you need to get eight to nine hours of rest. What do we do when we're busy? We cut down on our sleep. We watch more TV. We do stuff, and we think it's going to help us physically to lie on a couch, but it doesn't. We need to actually sleep. David said, you make me lie down. He finds his rest, physical sleep rest in God's presence. Sleep is one of the most important forms of rest. But there's also other activities um, that can restore you rather than deplete you physically. So sleep better. Sleep your eight, nine hours. If you, if you want to sleep in late on a Sunday and you're like, shucks, it's church, how do you sleep in late? You go to bed earlier. Not just because it's church, but it's important to wake up at the same time of the day. So go to bed earlier. And then what other things? If you work, do physical labor, it's often good to do the opposite when you're resting. So maybe to take a nap, maybe to read a book, maybe to do some Sudoku or whatever. If you work with your mind, if you sit in a cubicle the whole day or behind a desk, it might be good to go for a walk in the forest. It might be good to, to do some gardening or to wash the car or something like that. But at the end of the day, it is about recharging our physical tank. Okay, so this is not, not about emptying it again, doing something, but you feel physically tired again. So ask yourself, which things that I do physically produce a deeper level of rest, peace, and well-being? That's the things God wants you to do to refill on that Sabbath, to refill your physical, your physical tank. And by the way, this is not about reaching your new personal best, about vigorous training or something. It's not about advancing your personal goals, right? Rest is about finding rest. That's for the other six days. So find enjoyment, find delight, find renewal. So that's your physical tank. Our next one is our emotional tank. Because when I think about my emotions, the picture that most often comes up is family. 
And David uses this image in Psalm 23 in verse 5 when he talks about the table. He's in his father's house. There's a family, I can imagine in my mind, sitting around the table. And, and um, in verse 6, he talks about dwelling in God's house. So he's with his family. He's, he's emotionally full and happy and healthy. What happens when our emotional tanks run dry? This is what they say. We feel numb. You don't feel happy. You don't feel joy. You don't feel sad. You're just flatlining. We're irritable and find it difficult to handle stressful situations. Oh, there's a lot of you that feel that way. You find it difficult to generate enthusiasm even for things you used to love. And you struggle to focus on vital tasks. That's when your emotional tank is running low. You know what the most important ingredient fuel for our emotional tank is? Joy. True happiness. Joy. In Psalm 29, Verse 7, the psalmist draws a direct line between joy and strength that comes from God. It's like, I, I find my strength in God, and, and it's in this joy. So if we want to fill our emotional tank, we need to fill ourselves with joy again. C.S. Lewis, the theologian, said that joy is the serious business of heaven. So if, if, your, if your emotional tank is running low, you probably have a joy leak. That, that's probably what you're leaking. So don't let stress and time pressures and cares and people pleasing and all of that drown joy from your life. How can we fill ourselves? How can we fill our emotional tank? I think the, the easiest way is to spend time with people we love. That is who God placed in our lives. If you feel like I don't like them anymore, it's probably because you haven't spent enough Sabbaths together. That's what I love about the Jewish community. They prepare their food beforehand. Friday, when the, the Sabbath hits, it's family time. They gather around the table. They eat together. They laugh. No cell phones, no lights. So we don't want to be legalistic, but it's such a beautiful picture of just a family around God's table where we prepared this feast for us. If you're an introvert, you might need to spend some alone time. Go and read a book, go and walk through the aisles of a bookstore, whatever gives you energy. But, but spend time with the people we love. Stay away from emotional draining things, guys. What, draw, what, what is really emotionally draining? I want to tell you there's nothing more emotionally draining than this little thing. The first thing I used to do in the mornings is open my news. And then you read about the new load shedding, about this person lied to this one, about this person that was murdered, about this. You go to social media, people share all the bad stuff, or people share all the fake good stuff, and then you compare yourself and you feel bad about yourself. So a good idea is if you want to fill up emotionally is put down your phone, put down your email, put down your newspaper, put down social media. Anything that aggravates you, distresses you, frightens you, or makes you feel sad, those are all emotional withdrawals, not emotional inputs. So put that down for that day. And that doesn't mean you cannot watch TV, but if it makes you feel aggravated or sad or whatever, don't watch it. Watch a movie that will make you laugh, something Clean and fun, and I know it's difficult to sometimes find stuff like that, but watch something fun. And then spend some time. If there's really people in your life that aggravate you, that makes life difficult for you, ask God, speak to God about that, and, and pray and ask God to limit your exposure to them. So let's fill our emotional tank with joy again. The last one is our mental tank. 
when I think my mental tank, I can't help but to think about vision. David talks about how God, in verse 2, guides him along the right paths. He's not wandering without purpose and direction. He's heading somewhere. He's got the mental capacity to follow this road, to see where he's going, to have vision for his life. So how do we fill our mental tank? By the way, if our mental tank is on, on empty, this is what they say what happens. We get chronically forgetful. Forget all your keys, your wallet, your hairspray, your nail clipper, your shoes, everything is, right? We get distracted, unfocused, uncreative. We are procrastination prone. You don't want to finish the stuff because mentally you're, you're too empty to, to focus on your work. We're accident prone or at least unusually mistake prone. That's what they say. So how do we fill our mental tank? One, watch out what you fill your, your brain with. Break from your work. Okay, again, this is our biggest problem because work is on our cell phone. Put it on do not disturb so you don't look at your emails, whatever you want to be. But we have to break from our work. And here's another problem. To fill ourselves mentally, one of the best ways is to read and do stuff like that because that fills your mental capacity. But here's my problem. I used to read, read books about church-related stuff when I was resting. So what happens when you're an engineer and you read an engineering book when you're resting? You are thinking about how to apply this principle to that problem you have at work. I'm a pastor, so when I read a church book on my Sabbath, I think about how I'm going to preach about this, or I think how I'm going to apply this to our church. So guess what happens? I didn't break from my work. And instead of mentally filling myself up, my, my mental tank up, I am still making withdrawals. So break from your work. So read something that has nothing to do with work. Well, I am not a fiction guy. You. I used to love writing fiction when I was younger, but I don't read that. I'm like, I will watch the movie. But movies, I feel, is draining. Like, I lie on the couch, you get up, you feel like you've got brain fog after a day of binge watching, and you feel horrible, right? So I'm like, I'm going to start reading. And the other day, for the first time, The Hobbit has been on my bookshelf for like 100 years. I opened it, and I started reading it, and I was like, whoa, this is really cool. And I really enjoy it. It took 35 years to get to that point, but we, some of us are just slow learners, right? But read something that's got nothing to do with your work, something that brings joy, something that helps, that, that activates those creative, those creative um, spaces in your brain. And then find space to think, not space to think about the challenges you have. I mean, just to, to let your mind go and think and wonder. My favorite holidays are camping, like in the middle of nowhere, and hiking for a couple of days in the middle of nowhere. Do you know why? Because especially when you're hiking, you've got a heavy backpack, you suffer. It's like your brain can't think about anything. So it's like you go into this blank, clean space, and suddenly God refills your mental tank, and you can start to dream again. You can become creative again. So make some, read something fun, fill your mental tank with good stuff, find space to think. Guys, but at the end of the day, the Sabbath is a time to pause and to also remember that God, that is good to be alive, especially when you're running on empty. Fill your mental tank, fill your emotional tank with the right stuff. 
And if you feel you're in a really bad spot, if you're so exhausted that whatever David said here, that God leads him to green pastures, and the only, the only thing that pops up in your mind is that God is leading you to dark valleys, you have to fix that kind of thinking. That's a, emo, that's a mentally empty tank. And I think one of the best things we can also do is to write down on a Sabbath things we are grateful for. Because no matter how dark things are in your life, there's so much to be grateful for. But we tend to forget them first. So write down your blessings, stoke that fire of gratitude, write a list, and that's also a good input for your mental tank. So I hope if you were like me, and you're like, I understand the Sabbath is a principle from God. You gave all the theological stuff. I know it. I know it's good for me. We read all that verses in the Bible that it's good for me. My problem is I do not know how to rest. I share that. And this doesn't mean it's the final answer. This is something I'm still discovering, and it's something you will have to do. I once read a book um, by Bill Hybels where he said, I'm, I'm writing you this book after 50 years of working but about every 10 years, I had to reset and reevaluate everything in my life. So once we decide to, to fill our tanks, it doesn't mean it's just going to be smooth sailing for the rest of your life. The Sabbath, trusting God to find rest, being like David, that is going to be a constant thing. So let me close with this. Robert Morris, in his book, Take the Day Off, said this. The Sabbath is a gift God has instructed you to give yourself. So you can be his healthy, productive, long-lived representative to a broken world and to accomplish everything he put you on this earth to do. Let's find rest, guys. Let's pray. Jesus, may we find rest in you like David found rest in you. Like a sheep that's brought to green pastures and, and beautiful lakes. Like a person sitting around a table with a feast on it. May we find that kind of replenishment and refreshment in you. I pray that you would teach us how to rest. I pray that you would teach us how to fill our spiritual, our mental, our physical, and our emotional tanks. So that we can be who you wanted us to be. So that we can be who you created us to be. That we can live with joy, with excitement, with vision, with creativity, instead of living with exhaustion and depletion and burnout. Pray in Jesus' name. Amen.